Move on, let's race. There were four words on social media from the champion Lewis Hamilton to Lando Norris after qualifying on Saturday, where Norris started seventh after having an excellent lap deleted due to track limits. And Hamilton showing his support, saying we've all been there, we've done that, now let's go out and do our job. And that's exactly what those two did, fighting for second place at the Emilio Romagna Grand Prix won by Max Verstappen. I'm Tony Desiri. This is the Overtake F1 podcast. Glad you could be with us. So we're going to unpack what we had at Imola on Sunday, round two of the World Championship. Lewis Hamilton leaves Imola, still in first in the championship race. Again, just after two rounds, but still getting the fastest lap. So he's one point ahead of Verstappen. This race had a lot, including one crash that will be talked about for a while. George Russell and Valtteri Bottas colliding. Almost as soon as he got the lead, we were under safety car because Nicholas Latifi spun out of Aquamanorale and then came back out on the racetrack, had a little bit of a touch with Nikita Mazepin, and he spun into the wall. But once the race resumed, Verstappen was able to get out to about a five-second lead that he was maintaining over Hamilton as they're going around the track. And then it was time to start making decisions about when to go to the slick tires. So Verstappen pits first at lap 27, so Hamilton then takes the lead, trying to make up some lost ground because he knows he's going to be pitting for the same set of tires. He comes into the pit lane, and it is not a good pit stop for Mercedes. And I'm getting this feeling like every time there is a race, Mercedes has some sort of malfunction during pit stops. Uh, Valtteri Bottas at Bahrain, Valtteri Bottas and George Russell at the Shakir Grand Prix last year. So this is not a good pit stop for Mercedes and Hamilton. The right front well, it was a little hard to get off. It's a four-second pit stop. So for Stappen, retakes the lead and then Hamilton makes a error in judgment on the racetrack and it causes him to slide off the track at Tosa. Now he even said afterwards, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he made one there. Now he's in the gravel. Now at this moment, it's kind of disheartening because you're hoping that these two giants are going to be battling it out. And now one of them is in the gravel, but he has a sense of mind to be able to put it in reverse and back out of the gravel, back out onto the racetrack. And no sooner than that happens, a lap later, George Russell and Valtteri Bottas tangle up going into the Tamarillo chicane, coming off that high-speed straight. They go both into the wall. Car is destroyed. There's debris everywhere. And here comes the red flag. And the moment that happens, you're thinking, oh, this benefits Lewis Hamilton. And not so much from a race winning perspective, he had a lot of ground to make up, but just in getting up to the front of the field to salvage the race instead of being out of the race after 30 laps. Instead, he is fighting for points and fighting for a podium. And that's exactly what we got. So these two guys who everybody has been looking forward to seeing in terms of getting a battle going and getting a championship run this is what we end up with. We end up with one dominating the race who does not make a mistake in the entire race except for maybe sliding off the a track during the restart lap after the red flag. And you've got Lewis Hamilton who is starting to realize maybe I have a championship fight on my hand and I'm getting back into this thing as he makes his way through the field. And that's where the Lando Norris Hamilton aspect of what we talked about at the start of this podcast comes into play. Norris who had to pass Daniel Ricciardo early in the lap so they could see what his car would be like in clean air, had a great machine. And he's in second place after he passes Leclerc, and he's holding on to that position, knowing that Hamilton is charging his way up through the field. And Hamilton is on his back. Norris is trying to defend, but in the end, the Mercedes is quicker. 
and Hamilton takes second. So you get this podium of Verstappen, Hamilton, and Norris, and all three are happy, right? I mean, Max Verstappen is obviously happy. He ran a dominating race. You got Hamilton who's happy because it doesn't look good when he's off the track and he finds his way back on the track and he actually fights for his podium. And then you've got Norris who realistically knew he wasn't going to be able to hold off Hamilton. I mean, he might've been able to do it if Hamilton got to him with only a handful of laps remaining, but eventually Hamilton was going to overtake the McLaren and Norris knew that he even said afterwards, he's quicker, but he's on the podium for the second time in his career. Now, don't get me wrong. You've got some disappointment also from the Grand Prix. Sergio Perez started second. He had trouble all day. He had a penalty for a safety car violation, 10 seconds in the pit. He finished 11th. He didn't even get any points for Red Bull, which is critical. And then there's Valtteri Bottas, who started eighth and never got out of the midfield. In fact, is involved in a crash in where Williams is trying to overtake him. And it was a tough day for Valtteri. The tires didn't really work. They went to slicks. He couldn't get the mediums working. But when Toto Wolf gets on the radio and tells you to pick it up, you pick it up. And that leads us to the conversation about the crash in and of itself. And again, this is the one crash that leads to the red flag that gives Lewis Hamilton a chance to reset himself and get back into this race in terms of getting points and leaving Imola with the championship lead. So you've got Botas, and he's got George Russell behind him, and they're going down the high-speed straight. They're heading into the town of Chicane. They're going at high speed, over 200 miles an hour, and Russell has DRS, and he makes his move. Just cuts out to the right, try to pass Botas, and Botas defends a little bit. He kind of tucks in just a touch, and that causes Russell to go to the right where his right tires hit the grass. There's no grip there. He slides into Botas, and they both crash. And Russell is livid, absolutely livid, gets out of the car. Are you trying to kill me? And Botas gives him the finger. Now, listen, I have been around race car drivers for a very, very long time. I get it. The, the emotions of the moment get you. You're very frustrated. You're very furious. Um, you're lucky to be alive, but there's also implications here. I mean, Russell is trying to get his first Williams points. And Botas is probably like, what am I doing in the mid-pack anyway? So I get that the tempers flared. I thought Ted Kravitz had a great point, though. I mean, they're right at the area where Ayrton Senna lost his life, especially at that part of the racetrack. There is a sense, or at least there should have been a sense from both drivers exactly where they were. But I got, I understand it, and I think most people get it. Right? You you're gonna make some comments, and you're gonna go, you're gonna do some things that you're gonna later apologize for, and that's what happened with George Russell. But his notion that Valtteri Bottas did this on purpose because of who Russell is and where Russell is going to be going in his career is kind of crazy. I'm sorry. It's kind of crazy. Bottas is a driver that is going to protect where he is. And here's the other thing. He's driving a Mercedes and he's being passed by a Williams. Like, let that sink in for a second. If you're Valtteri Bottas, you don't get passed by a Williams. Yet, whether you're working your tires or not, you don't get passed by a Williams. So I don't think for a second that it had any larger issue of this guy is going to take my seat. I think it had more of an issue of I'm not running really well today. And I'm not going to get passed by anybody, especially Williams. So who's at fault? I'm leaning in the camp that it's Russell's fault. 
Now, I know. I saw the video, too. I saw the little bit of nudge to the right from Botas. I, I think he's got the position to do that. And I think Russell just reacted to that, went in the grass. I, I more or less, in terms of fault, I'm probably more in line with the FIA that said really neither one of them are at fault. It's just a racing incident. I don't think it's as blatant as Russell's making it, and I don't think it's as blatant as Botas is making it on Russell's side. I don't think that somebody is going down for this. I think it's just one of those situations. But you, when you're Toto Wolf and you've got this young guy in George Russell that eventually is going to take that Mercedes seat, making these kind of comments, you got to rein that in. Let some of the emotion go. That's a racing kind of driver at mindset, but you can't let him go to the press and you can't let him go on social media, throwing all sorts of conspiracy theories that Botas did this on purpose. Cause eventually Russell is going to take the Mercedes ride. Now, at the time of this recording, we haven't got any more of the aftermath of Russell's mindset. We know that 24 hours later, everything could calm down. He's probably going to apologize. He's probably going to put out one of those statements that says, uh, you know, I, I overreact. It always happens. I mean, it happens all in every, in every series. I mean, sometimes you might let it linger a little bit longer. But for the most part, once everything calms down, you sort of go, okay, I, gotta, I got a lot of PR to do. And that probably is what's going to happen between these two guys. But look at the larger picture of this race. You get the feeling that Lewis Hamilton realizes he is in a real championship fight now. That this is that, that Max Verstappen and Red Bull, when they're on, is going to be a serious threat this whole season for his championship. And I think that's one of the reasons I like this race and I like the outcome. Because, look, if Hamilton, if this is round 15, and Hamilton has got a comfortable lead, maybe he doesn't put it in reverse to get out of the gravel. But knowing that, hey, it's round two, and I already know what this guy is going to be doing. I mean, he already took it to me on the first lap of the race. I'm on pole position, and I lose the lead at the first breaking point, and he builds a five-second lead, and I make a couple of runs, and I can't catch him. Now you get the feeling that that's what's going through his head. Like, I got to get back into this. Every single point is critical now. We're not messing around. I love that. I love that about this race. I know. Listen, I was glad the podium. There was three happy guys who were very happy with their results for what the day gave them. Max Verstappen should have won in a dominating fashion. He ran a dominating race. But Lewis Hamilton should have been nowhere near the podium. But because he was able to get out of the gravel, using his reverse to get back on that racetrack, red flag helps him. He gets second. Lando Norris is on the podium with two guys that are going to compete for the championship. He's better than everybody else. So the end result of this race is superb. Not for everybody. Sergio Perez, I mentioned earlier, he started second on the grid, out-qualified Max Verstappen. He finishes 11th. He is out of the points. He had a rough, rough day. That's rough for Red Bull. Pierre Gasly started fifth, and I, I went into this weekend with a lot of hope for AlphaTauri. In my preview, I said, look, this is a they're not far from the track. This, their headquarters are right down the road. They're very comfortable there. Yuki Tsunoda was showing quickness at Bahrain. Pierre Gasly had a lot of promise in last year's race until mechanical failure. Eight laps in, kind of put him out, but there was a lot of hope that he was going to make a really, really good run, and there was a feeling that that would happen after qualifying on Saturday when he qualified fifth. But they made the decision to go to the wets. It didn't work out. He fell back in the field, and he finally put, he was a 17th place when they finally brought him in to change tires. 
And his teammate, Yuki Sonoda, oh, I had such high hopes for him this weekend. Uh, he started 20th uh, at the race after crashing during qualifying. So he's at the back of the field, and he moves his way up. And I'm thinking, man, he could might turn this into a top 10. Uh, it looked like he was going to be doing that. Uh, then he spun out late, and that was it. He finished 12th. So not a good day for Alphatari. But still, I'm looking forward to a, a fun season with Yuki Sonoda. Uh, Daniel Ricardo in the McLaren was asked by his team to let Lando Norris pass. He did that. He finished eighth. The two Ferraris were in the top five. Charles Leclerc finishing fourth. Carlos Sainz fifth. The I said this in the preview. I think one of the things about Ferrari is they're they're on the watch list. Every time there's a race, you're always going to wonder about Ferrari. How close are they getting back uh, after a disastrous 2020 season? Uh, what does the car look like? How's the car reacting? It doesn't do as well. Again, everybody was kind of commenting on this. It doesn't. It doesn't have good straight line speed. It's good in the corners. It just doesn't have this the same straight line speed. But it's two top five finishes and a good run at Bahrain and now a good run here. So as far as a third place battle for the constructors championship, they're in the mix. But right now, I, I, that McLaren looks really, really strong. As for Aston Martin, the other team in the battle for third place in the constructors, very tough race for them. Lance Stroll did finish in the points, but both had brake problems at the beginning of the race. For Vettel, he had to start from the pit lane because they couldn't get everything together within a five-minute period before the start of the race. He was assessed a 10 goal penalty, but that wasn't communicated to his team by the FIA until the race had been going on for for a while. Complained about that. He thinks that the FIA needs to be more alert and gives them more communication. Look. It's true. They deserve the penalty. There's no doubt. But how it was communicated, I do think he's got a point. Uh, but that's not just the reason why he finished outside the points for the second straight race. So Lance Stroll got some points. Vettel did not. Vettel is still struggling with this team. But again, we're only into round two. We still have a lot of races to go. And we'll see how that sort of plays out as we get moving throughout the season. As for driver of the day, it is easy to give it to Max Verstappen. Ran a near flawless race. I mean, the only mistake he made was on a safety car lap. So you can't really fault that. It didn't affect the race whatsoever. He dominated. He took the lead from lap one, right in the first breaking point. But I'm going to lean in the direction of everybody else and go with Lando Norris. Fantastic run for him in the McLaren, finishing third, second podium of his career. And for the, a race that did not have a battle for first, it was an interesting battle for second. I think many of us were watching, knew that Hamilton was going to get that position, a quicker car. He was going to take that over, but it was fun to see Lando sort of hold on to that position as long as he possibly could and make the run that he did. Uh, early in the race, he was looking to get past his teammate. They asked Ricardo to move aside. He did. And the rest is history. The rest is a podium finish for Lando Norris. As for other notes, a really, again, a tough day for Williams. Both Russell and Latifi retired out of this race, both running into the wall. Valtteri Botas retired, so did Vettel. Nikita Mazepin finished two laps down, and I was waiting and waiting for Maz's spin, and he did not let me down <laughs> late in the race. And finally spun. Don't you ever change, Nikita. Don't you change. Schumacher also finished two laps down, and his house teammate, Alpine with two drivers finishing in the top 10, Esteban Oco ninth and Fernando Alonso 10th. I mentioned at the top of the podcast that Lando Norris sort of beat himself up on social media after Saturday for the track time deletion that led him to a seventh place start on the grid and Lewis Hamilton responding on social media and giving him words of encouragement and then saying, move on last race. I 
I loved that. I, I think that that is the kind of thing I like to see. We saw it last year with Russell at Imola where he, he was on the safety car lap and he spun out, went into the wall and he was running 10th at the time. And again, Russell's looking for points for Williams. He already has points when he ran with Mercedes, but he's looking for Williams points and everyone kind of felt like this, he could do it. And then he didn't. Um, and it was disappointing and he hung his head low and a lot of drivers on social media came out to support him. And I, I loved this from Hamilton over the weekend because I think he has that sort of level of experience that he can reach out and the move on let's race portion of that really hit me because he's reminding Lando Norris who he is, right? He's reminding Lando Norris. He's one of the top drivers in the world and he's going to have ups and he's going to have downs. But in the end, what matters is Sunday that get onto that track and let's do our job. Let's race cars and let's go out there and do what we do best. And that's one of the reasons why I thought this result was great because Norris started seventh and didn't finish eighth. He didn't finish ninth. He didn't hang around in the midfield. He knew he had a good machine. He knew he had a good car. As soon as he was able to do it, he got to the front of the field and he stayed there and he battled Hamilton for that second position as best he could, right? Mercedes is going to be quicker, but he battled Hamilton for that spot for as long as he could hold on. And that was good to see. All right, so no race coming up this weekend. On Friday, we'll do news and notes from the series, including the announcement that they'll be racing in Miami in 2022. And also take a look at some of the fallout as this week progresses between the with the Botas and Russell situation. I'm sure we'll analyze all of the Toto Wolf quotes and all of that. So we'll have a news and notes podcast coming up on Friday. Please subscribe to the channel and leave us a review if you like what we do. Running at Portugal at the end of the month, followed by Spain. It's going to be back-to-back weekends of racing. So we will see you Friday. I'm Tony Desiri, and this has been the Overtake F1 Podcast.